0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Well, my name is um, Noah. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, isn't it good to be in church today? Amen. We're just really overjoyed that you're here. And if you are new, I hope that you feel very welcomed. And I would say stick around. It only gets better only gets better. Last week, Pastor Drew started our summer series called Keep in Step. This series is a walkthrough of the book of Galatians. We're taking a section a week and a hope to more deeply understand this book. And from that deeper understanding, we'll be extracting principles that can be imparted into our lives. Pastor Drew covered Galatians chapter 1, and then into chapter 2, but only to verse 10. It was really powerful and insightful, centered around there being no other gospel, beside that the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that the fear of God is far greater than the fear of man. If you were not here, I'd encourage you, you need to go check it out on our Facebook page. It's very, very powerful. Today... We will be covering Galatians chapter 2 1 through 21. And the main point is this: it is not your faith in it is your faith in Jesus that saves you and changes you. It's not your works or your good intentions or your backgrounds. Only by faith in Jesus we receive salvation and sanctification. Yes. Amen? Amen? So Galatians. 11 through 21, I'm going to break into kind of two different sections. So the first section we're going to cover is Galatians 2, 11 through 14. You'll be up on the screen. Let's read that. It says this, When Cephas, and Cephas in this passage is actually Peter, one of the disciples of, of Jesus and an apostle, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. The I that is this person is Paul. So you have Paul opposing Peter. Because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by the hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. I said to Cephas, to Peter, before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? When Pastor Raoul, Pastor Drew, and I planned out the summer, we divided the book of Galatians into its individual thoughts, Applied them to the Sundays through the summer, and then we assign them to one of us. I didn't know I got stuck with the circumcision passage. <laughs> <laughs> then during prep, um, I like to bring like illustrations with me on stage. Uh-uh. <laughs> I almost brought scissors. No, I think it'd be very good. <laughs> when you read the Bible, you must approach the Bible very humbly, because you have to understand that it was not written to you, meaning it is not in your time or in your culture, but the Bible was written for the benefit of your life. In the truth, in the wisdom that is held within the pages of the book, partnered with the breath of the Holy Spirit will radically alter your entire life. It'll shape you and it will change you and change you to look more like Jesus day by day. So when we read the Bible, we must put ourselves into the story, into the context of that time and that culture. This passage, verse 11 through 14 in Galatians, is a perfect example of that. Because in our current time, withdrawing from a group of people or leaving a group of people based upon circumcision status if you're non-circumcised or circumcised or in the text they say circumcision party doesn't sound like a great party doesn't sound fun at all it all sounds really really bizarre to us in our current time in 2023 but when we read this section, I want you to think of this phrase to help you better understand the context. The phrase is this us and them. Us and them. I'm going to read it once more 11 through 14. But when Cephas, Peter, came to Antioch, I, Paul, opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Cultural tension. You think cultural division or cultural tension is a new thing? It's a very old and very deep-rooted issue in the hearts of people. This us and them mentality has been around since the fall for a very long time. In this cultural context, the tension is between two groups of people, Jews and Gentiles. And it's really easy to figure out if you're a Gentile, you're not a Jew. <laughs> really simple. Jews at the time, and even now currently some do uphold this, they upheld Jewish purification laws that were established by Moses in the Old Testament. So, what does that even mean? It would dictate what they could and could not eat. It would dictate their washing practices. It would dictate their interaction with dead animals or dead people. And it would dictate if they were to be circumcised or not. And if you were Jewish, you had to be circumcised. If you violated any of these things or interacted with anything that was unclean, you yourself as a Jew at the time would become unclean. Then, being unclean, you'd have to go through this rigorous purification practice. Gentiles, you and me, they upheld none of the Jewish purification laws. So... If a Jew was to interact with a Gentile or even enter their home at the time, they, the Jew, would become unclean from their interaction with a Gentile. And then they'd have to walk through the purification process. A Jew goes into a Gentile's house, immediately they become unclean because they were around an uncircumcised person. They became unclean. So the tension, you can imagine, is intense between these two groups at the time. You have people that are deemed clean, and then people that are deemed unclean. And then in the middle of that culture, during that intense time, came Jesus. And he united these two groups of people, and he continues to unite us all today. That people in this room, you and me, we only know each other, is because of Jesus. There's a thousand stories in this room and a thousand different backgrounds. But all of us are here for one reason. Because of Jesus. He is the one that bridges the gap between all divides. And it's because our faith in him that brings salvation and sanctification. It's not the works of the law or our purification practices or what we do or who we interact with. It is by faith in Jesus that brings these things. To bring even more context into this, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about Peter. Peter was a Jew and he upheld the Jewish law as such. Then Jesus entered his life and began to change everything about him. He was a follower of Jesus. He was one of the disciples. He was an apostle. And before he was sent to help this church in Galatia, and this interaction between Paul and Peter took place, there is something incredibly critical that happened to Peter in Acts 10. Acts 10. I'm going to put that on the screens. It says this. Acts 10. The next day... As they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. Same. Happens to anybody? You fall into a trance when you don't get your food quick enough? And saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, because he's, Peter is a good Jew. By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean Do not call common. This happened three times and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. I feel like we have some uncommon people in the room. Amen? Amen. Jesus was the fulfillment of the law and he bringing the conclusion of the old covenant and the start of the new covenant. In that new covenant... It means it's not what we eat or our works that bring salvation or damnation. It is only in our faith in Jesus. This vision was critical for Peter. For it was driving that point home. That it's not about your faith or your works. It's not about what you don't eat or don't eat. If you're circumcised or uncircumcised. It's not even who you're around. But it's all about Jesus and his work on the cross. Now, take all that background information and apply it to this text in verse 11 through 14. We have the Apostle Paul. He is fired up and he is so angry with Peter. So much so that it says he opposed him to his face. And this conflict was most likely a public setting. So you have Paul walking toward Peter, and he's yelling at him, Hey, Peter, get over here! What is the source of this issue, the tense points in this conflict? Peter, we know he was one of Jesus' disciples, and we know that he understands this part of his faith. That all of us have faith in Jesus, and that's our salvation. That all of us are unified in him. And he understanding that, was rightly eating with uncircumcised Gentile Christians, having a meal together. But then, then, while he was eating with Gentile Christians, as he should, Jewish Christians showed up, and he distanced himself. Because old habits die hard. He distanced himself from these Gentile Christians, which he was just having a meal with. And the Jewish Christians, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not with them. I, I don't, no, no, they, they would make me unclean, obviously. Old habits. And Peter was a disciple of Jesus. So, of course, people followed his hypocritical behavior. He got up, and other people got up as well. Peter brought division where there should be unity in Jesus. That's why Paul was so fired up and so angry. And he summarized his thought perfectly in verse 14. Paul says, but when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, they were not in step with Jesus. For us, keep in step with Jesus. It's in our faith in Jesus that saves us, changes us, and unifies us. Only that. Because there are a thousand differences in this room, but Jesus is the only one that makes a difference in this room. It's by Him in Him alone. Let's go to the second section, verse 15 through 21. Call it, Don't Rebuild the Old Thing. This is when Paul launches into this speech at Peter. In verse 15, it starts like this. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So that we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. And another way to say it, even when I read this, I think Paul's saying, Peter, remember, it's not your work, it's not who you are around. It's not that you are hanging out with Gentile Christians that dictates if you're saved or you're unsaved. It's not that. It's Jesus and his faith in him. Verse 17 and verse 18. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For, I, for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove to myself to be a transgressor. Set your heart, believer, and say, I won't. I won't go back to the old ways, to the old law, and I will not rebuild what I tore down. My new life is in Jesus, and that's what I will build on. Old habits die hard. I'm not going to rebuild this old thing. This old thing that that's is set in what I do or what I don't do. And all of these things, I'm not going to build my life on that. I tore that thing down. But this new thing, this new life I have in Christ, this new covenant, I'm going to build my life on this. I'm not going to rebuild the old thing. Verse 19 and 20. For through the law, I died to the law. I died to this old thing. So my mate live to God. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. I am dead to this old way, to this old man. And I am condemned by the standard of this thing. But I am not, it is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me, in the new man. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then verse 21, I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. If I rebuild this old thing, this us in them mentality, this works in deeds. If I rebuild that thing, all of this is meaningless. For it was Jesus, the Son of God, that loved me and gave himself for me, that brings life in life abundantly in this one, in the next.